You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hi, Tim. Hi, Sean. I'm fresh off the uh, Gophers homecoming game today. Oh, you you came home. I came home. I came home to the U. I did not. I meant to turn it on today, but I had... a. a a soccer match. <laughs> what kind? What kind of alumni are you? Wait, I'm is one it alum? Loves what? What's there's a plural there. Alumni. Alumni. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm an alumni that uh, loves my kid. What about you? No, no, this had nothing to do with you. Know, the <laughs> soccer game was well after the football game. What time was the football game? Eleven. Eleven a.m. This one goes there's to a, 11. There's a lot of uh, travel time that you have to build in. I could have watched the first <laughs> half. That's tr- I could have watched the first half. The game Wasn't the soccer game at, what, 3? Yeah, we had to leave here at 11, at uh, 1.45 to okay. get uh, so out in the suburbs. Okay. All right. All right. I'll accept it. But it was a beautiful day for a football game. Uh, it was. Gophers were victorious. Against uh, the Raging Cajuns? Raging Cajuns of uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, uh, you know, that would have been interesting. I mean, I would like them to win, a, a you know, in a, a game against Northwestern. It would be nice. But they <laughs> well, have a what? three, four touchdown lead, something like that. Right? I think Northwestern, they were giving Penn State all they could handle, at least early. So I don't know if they ended up winning or not, but they, they might we, be. We helped build up their confidence. They might be better than we think they are. <laughs> Maybe. But <laughs> I watched that game, and, and uh, you know, we should have won that one. Anyway. That's, that's probably true. We're not here talking college football yet. Right. Right. We we only we start talking college football in uh, late late February and early <laughs> we, March. We or, uh, when is the Senior Bowl? Is that when we it's usually late, start? I think it's late February. Yeah. It's okay. Like last uh, uh, we've Saturday. got uh, we've we've made some takes, and 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 uh, is this the premise of this episode is if you don't want to get called out in the reckoning, you bring it up now and you have a chance to to walk your take back. Or, or have take lock. Yeah, lock, you can, lock your take in. You can you can take a walk. Yeah, walk it back. Or you can take lock. Yeah, take a walk or take lock. Yeah, that's this episode. Okay, all right. So this is this is this this is, and and if we decide to walk it back, it is the rule is you can't use it in the reckoning. Is that the rule? Uh, Yep. I mean, I suppose <laughs> if it's funny, if, you can. I, I suppose if you if you take a walk and walk it back, we and can't. then you get it wrong. You should have stuck with you. You're, you're right. Oh my gosh, this one could actually. You're right. This there's the stakes are high. The stakes are really high. The stakes are really high. Yeah. Are we are, are we talking about some injured players first though? Yeah, we should. I just cause, you know we're not here. We're not doing this every week anymore. Um, Hopefully people aren't mad at us. I mean, it's your fault, but you know, I mean, just want to put that out there. But it's you know, it, the, okay. So let's, so should we talk about some just quick some injury things that, that maybe are kind of important? Sure. 
So like Mike Williams. <laughs> yes. Poor Mike Williams, who always seems to get hurt. Um, I've, I've seen a debate here uh, between uh, whether people should be going with uh, trying to, I mean, at this point, people probably are doing the transactions, but whatever. Uh, Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnston. And the case for Josh Palmer was more or less that when Williams was out last year for weeks 9 through 13, which is four weeks, 9, 10, 11, 12, five weeks. Wow. Uh, uh, Palmer was wide receiver eight. Mm. So that's kind of the case for him. Um, the case for Johnson is like a lot of what I would call data nerds. I'm not trying to pick on him because I'm, I'm pro-nerd, right? Yeah. You're pro-nerd. We're all yeah. pro nerd here. We're fantasy football guys, right? We do both, man. We we're film, we're data. We try to do but both. The, but the data guys tend to like Quentin Johnson and hate Josh Palmer because Johnson was productive in college and ticked a lot of boxes for him height, weight, speed, all this other stuff. Uh Palmer was not very productive. In fact, uh we talked about him quite a bit. Uh he never had five hundred yards receiving in college and he wasn't an early guy. Four years. He topped out like 470 yards, not terribly productive, but you could see some stuff on film. We both kind of liked his film. Yeah, I really liked it. So that's that's kind of the question is is okay. So who's going to take over for Mike Williams? Who's going to be the productive guy to 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 have here? Um, do you have any strong feelings about it, or you want me to go into my stuff right now? Well, I I think the the safe play, the mm-hmm. the floor play is Josh Palmer. Yes, um, I think he's he's good. he can step in. If you're in a PPR league, he might be the guy you want to go for. Maybe I think Quentin Johnston is the guy with upside. So it maybe depends on where your team's at and your um, league and your league. Well, so, and honestly, Johnston is probably on a roster, right? I mean, like you're not getting him, Palmer. Good chance he's on a roster right. too. Well, but but maybe. you can make trades for people, and if you want to take roll the dice on a trade for somebody, is it worth rolling the dice on Palmer? Palmer's got a ceiling. So in games where both Allen and Williams were out or played less than a third of the snaps, which that means they're basically maybe got hurt that game. So those weeks were weeks one through thirteen last year. They were all decimated there. Palmer basically was getting basically ninety percent snap share during that entire stretch, so not just the weeks when Williams was out. It's also including the weeks when Keenan Allen was out. Uh, Palmer was only wide receiver thirty-one. Yeah. So, if you look at a bigger sample size, he just was okay. He was okay. Right. If you're looking for a guy who's okay, and that's kind of the case, what you're saying here. If you're looking for a guy who can, let's say you start five wide receivers in your league. Right. There's leagues that do that. If you're, if you're, if you're, or you got a lot of bye weeks and you just want a guy that can give you some numbers, Palmer, I think, is safe. Yeah. Um, the the problem I think is is that there's a ceiling, and he's just he's not Mike Williams, he's certainly not Keenan Allen, and so you if that is a valuable thing to you in your league, but if you're starting two wide receivers, like when are you going to play Josh Palmer? Right. I think it's just a matter of, you know, Quentin's a first-round NFL draft pick. He's on somebody's taxi squad. Like, what do you have to get up, give up to get him? And I'm kind of not – I have him. I'm not thinking I'm going to come anywhere close to being interested in playing him this year despite all this. Like, his snap share is going to increase more. I mean, because we're talking about with Palmer, like, going from, like, 
basically a, a 60 percent. He was already getting 60 percent of the snaps, so he's going to like from to 60 to 80 percent of snaps probably. That's not much of a change. I'm not really seeing a dramatic change in his numbers. Quentin Johnson was down around 20 percent. He could end up being a 60 percent, 70 percent snap share guy, and you could see a bigger jump in his numbers, but I still ultimately don't think he's ready for prime time. Right. Like, I agree. I liked him, but I drafted him thinking this is like, I love the fact that he's going to get on the field and get a chance to learn and, and improve. So as a Quentin Johnson guy, I, I'm excited about the fact, but I'm not excited about the fact that uh, where I think he might actually end up helping my roster in any way, shape or form. Okay. Yep. So I think you and I are similar, very similar. I think so. I think, um, yeah, we have similar takes on that. Nick the, Chubb? Yeah, uh, MCL probably out from a big chunk of time. We don't, yeah. I, I don't, I've heard some, maybe he comes back kind of a thing. Yes. Um, so uh, the question is, uh, who is the guy to have for this year? Um, Jerome Ford, Cream Hunt, they re-signed Cream Hunt. He got a job. Um, or or Pierre Strong, who was lucky enough to find his way. He snuck from uh, New England to Cleveland. I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. I don't know if you did. Uh, I did not. And not until this injury happened. I'm like, oh, there Pierre he goes. Pierre Strong. Um, so I did think about, I looked at some things, and people, people have probably immediately waiver wire drum forward if you if, yeah. if he was available right he like was, that's he was the big pickup that week for sure um but then when you actually look in the game what he what he do well he did he dominated snaps 56 percent of the snaps cream hunt coming off the street at still got 20 percent uh pierce strong 11 percent uh production though is it was a little bit it's it's like a little interesting here because ford got the most carries 10 for 18 very low efficiency, 1.8 yards per carry, two catches, and he had two touchdowns that week. So that that also masks kind of the ugliness of a lot of those numbers. Um, Cream Hunt, a little bit better. Uh, off, and, off the street, five carries for 20, uh, for 20 yards, I think, or something like that. Maybe not 20. I think it was a fewer than that, but I think I, I, think I just typed the wrong number there. Um, also a couple catches. Are you going to say something? Well, I just, uh, the timing of these episodes can be tricky. So you're talking about week three. Here, oh, because right? we, we don't know exactly when it's going to come out, when people are going to listen to it. Yeah, that's true. By the time people listen to this, we may be, this may be completely irrelevant. We, we may have like I'll try to, a I'll fourth try to, running back that's in the mix. I'll try to get it out tomorrow morning. No, but people, so. no, I'm not, I'm not faulting him. Anyway, uh, Pierre Strong was the only one to be remotely efficient. Six carries for 27 yards, four and a half yards a carry. Didn't score. Um, I don't know you. Uh, I'm on. I'm on Team Ford. I don't care so much about the lack of efficiency. If that continues, then I'm going to be a little more concerned. I'll get into that. I feel like we we've, we've seen Kareem Hunt, and I feel like he's done. Yeah. Um, and. I, I love the fact that about he knows the offense. He can step in. He can be a contributor right away. That doesn't mean he can be a fantasy football contributor. Uh, Ford's been on the team for a couple years now. I didn't love Ford's film. He was okay. He just seemed like a very replace, replacement level player when we did him last year. And a, was he fifth rounder? I feel like he he didn't get a lot of draft he, capital. Yeah, he either. was late. I I don't care a ton about that if he's getting the ball, but. 
I just didn't see, I can see him really kind of just being okay and being the best thing that they've got there. Uh, it is interesting to note that week one, when he and Nick Chubb were both healthy, uh, he still got 41% snap share, Chubb 49. So like they, they see something in Ford and, and, and were willing to play him uh, in kind of a, a split backfield type situation with one of the greatest running backs of the most recent generation, I think. Um, uh, it's also worth noting that in those numbers that we looked at for last week, Ford got all the red zone looks, like all the red zone looks. And and so, you know, for me, like, okay, if you didn't win the sweepstakes for Ford, I don't hate the idea of throwing a minimum bid on, in on Pierre Strong. We haven't really seen him uh, we know that what we know is that he didn't have the highest level of competition at for the Jackrabbits, Jackrabbits, South Dakota State. For the South, <laughs> yeah, I can never remember which South Dakota team it was. I, I, I doesn't matter how many times I watch South Dakota film, I will never. Let's get roll. Those in order. Let's roll with the Jackrabbits because it's more fun. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, but you know he he got drafted. Um. Got decent draft capital by the Patriots, but they also let him go. So for me, I'm like interested in the same way that I'm interested in like Cam Akers on the Vikings. Like, yeah, maybe. Like, I've got reasons to not be excited, but like, if I literally have an empty roster spot and I can throw a minimum bet in there and just see what happens, like, I'm in, more interested in that than I am in, in going down the cream hunt. So we weren't planning on going down this road, but I have a question for you because okay. neither one of us have been Madison fans. Uh, both of us really like Ty Chandler. Apparently yeah. the Vikings maybe didn't since they brought in Akers. I'm, I don't know. Is Ty um, Chandler still on the team? I, I, as far as I know, he is. <laughs> but I'm um, joking, but yeah. But if Cam Akers, a guy who has done some, he's made some noise in the NFL, is now on the Vikings, and we haven't believed in Madison. Maybe, maybe we're not we're not getting excited enough about Cam Akers. Uh, I I definitely think it, it complicates things. Um, you know, Madison's got the job. His numbers last week looked better than than I think there was like some another fumble situation. Like he's fumbled a lot. Like and I, they I haven't just, all been losses, but he's right. put the ball on the ground a right. lot. Right. And I, and I just I, I feel like they're gonna have to switch to somebody else. And could Cam Akers leapfrog uh Ty Chandler to be that next guy? Yeah, that's a possibility. Um I'm not I I, I still think the three down skill set that Ty Chandler offers and having in his familiar familiarity with the offense being there for two years will give him an advantage if i had to pick somebody i would pick him still but i definitely it definitely has um a little red flag with it that maybe it didn't have before cam Akers came in i, I just if cam Akers was was amazing i don't think they'd just let him go and they tried to do it last year like there's 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 reasons why he he got let go. I'd, I'm gonna. I would put beyond Madison. I would put my money on Acres. Just, okay. be, just, and the reason being, I think the Vikings have just shown like there's something they don't like about Ty Chandler. I think it's just because he's young, and they want uh, they want a veteran presence. And I think they, I mean, that could be, and that 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 may 
actually kind of support your point. If they have the guy in the in the room and they don't think he's ready, even if they still believe in him, if they don't think he's ready, then they might bring somebody else in. For me, it is it is less about it is less about Ty Chandler than it is about whether they are they want something that is a known quantity that they can have if they want to pull the plug on Madison. All right. Well, let's get into the uh, the actual episode, the meat and potatoes, the uh, yeah, the 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 take a take a walk or take lock part of this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna go back to episode one start one sixty two. It's oh, not that long ago, but people, we people definitely for sure remember the episode numbers. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you told them they, that they can go back and listen <laughs> if they haven't already. This is from our trade and free agency puzzle episode. Uh, my, I it's hard enough to get people to listen to us just one time. There's no way anybody's going to go back. <laughs> if you're not doing the, the the sound effect where you do the rewind and then play it, then they're not going back. <laughs> okay, we well, can make up anything that we said in that this. Might, the, that the might report. be true. But uh, <laughs> when we talked about DeAndre Swift going to Philly, uh, I I thought that Swift seemed like a poor fit in Philly. I thought Penny was going to lead this backfield at least Ooh. on the ground. Uh, I thought Swift and Gainwell were going to, and I air quote here, eat each other's lunch through the air. That doesn't sound good. Uh, right? Like, hmm. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Uh, so, but I, I have to, I think I'm going to take a walk away from this. You're going to walk, walk away. I'm going to walk it back. Yeah, we can go, because you can go walk it back, or we can just go, you're going to walk away from your tank. I'm going to walk away that, from the tank. Yeah. I, I think Penny clearly is just, He's been irrelevant. I think he will continue to, to be, be irrelevant, irrelevant which, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I need to walk away from that. And then even though Gainwell has been involved, uh, highly involved, I think Swift has just clearly shown that he's the more explosive player uh, on that uh, on that team in the running back room. So I think uh, I think Swift is the guy I wish I wish I had on my team. I think in Philly. I think you're smart to to walk this one back. I think I think uh, I don't remember that I, I like that take terribly. I mean, there's some takes of yours that I'm all in on, and I'll and I'll let you know some of them. And but, you let me know when you're not. Too, <laughs> I do I do do that. I, I just said do do. <laughs> the uh, um, my kids would always they always at this point it's probably a dad joke. Yeah, I mean, I if but my kids used to do it to me, and maybe they learned it from you. I don't know. But anyway. I, 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 I hear the doo doo for sure. Yeah, um, I, I'm not the hugest Swift guy, as you know, because I think he's he's a little soft. But but ultimately, he is so much more explosive than Kenny Gainwell. And the only one that was interesting to me was Penny, because like you know he's been good when he's been able to play. But but ultimately. Um, I, I you know if maybe maybe having to switch teams like that and and sw- got Swift to to reevaluate how he's how he was playing football and um he, he's just he's just the guy there that I think has the motivation and kind of the raw ability to to be good and it, and Kenny Gainwell is literally just a replacement player. He's a jag. Uh, Swift has twice the points per game of Gainwell. Even though Gainwell has still been pretty heavily involved when he's healthy, he doesn't gain well. <laughs> there Sorry. you go. I, on that note, <laughs> on your dad joke leader, here we go. Uh, should I switch to mine? Yes. Okay. I, I your call. Uh, okay. So here's uh, I did a whole thing uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo went to the desert. 
on what I thought was my concerns were about Devontae Adams. I believe I said that was a guy that I would be looking to move. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm just going to tell you on the front end, uh, I am having take. So he's been, he's been great. He's yeah, been this was, was gonna, He's been great. I can see or note that this yeah. is a take lock thing, it's a and take I'm like, lock thing. what are you talking about? I will tell you why. So I'm not going to overreact to the moment, right? So you have to think about the short and long term. I have I built I you go you rewind the tape. Yeah, I didn't say Devontae Adams is going to be bad. I said he wasn't worth his current ADP. And you have to think about the short term and long term. So short term, you have to look at it, consider like how this has worked. He's coming off a 30-point week. Right? By the time people mm. hear this, who knows what he's done the, the week for. But week three, he had a 30-point week. Uh, he had a 15-point week when Jacoby Myers was out. And he had a six-point six week to Jacoby's 20 uh, in week one when they both played. So we're talking about really small sample sizes, uh, but right now he's basically not doing a whole lot different than what Jacoby Myers is doing. So, uh, and I, I'll just so this doesn't get twisted, he is better than Jacoby. <laughs> I, you like Jacoby Myers? I, I think he's a, a solid player, but he will finish with better stats than Jacoby Myers, no doubt about it. I mean, point, points per game, they're not. Super far apart. Jacoby did miss a game. Yeah, but yeah, we're, and we're still talking very small sample size. Yes, yes. And one explosive week. I mean, it'd be like, well, you know, what is uh, Devin Etching done per week? He's gets you fifty points a week, right? You can't, you, you have to, you have to, you know, look beyond just yes. that when you have that. Fundamentally, we still know what Jimmy G is, right? He's Right now, he's he's has this reputation of being a conservative player who's actually not a very conservative player. He's he's still number five in interceptable passes. He doesn't throw deep. He's twenty first overall in, in deep throws. He doesn't throw deep well. He's his deep ball accuracy is number twenty seven. A guy like Jimmy G, who I think is the ultimate mediocre quarterback, he can have a few good games, but I don't think that 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 over the course of a season that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to suddenly change who he has been and consistently. And then the other thing that is going on here is, is Vegas is getting nothing out of the running game. And uh, that's not going to, that's not going to, I don't think that's going to continue. It could continue, but last year at this point in time, Josh Jacobs didn't have a single 10 point game. He finished as the number one running back in the league yeah. last year. Same thing is happening this year. Whether he will also turn it on, I don't know. Well, I mean, he was not involved in camp, right? So we've talked about the effect of that. I think this is a hangover from him not being around the team. And sometimes those hangovers last and there's an injury or something. What I'm saying is there's room for expansion of the running game and contraction of the passing game. And, And ultimately, so so. I don't expect the fact that he had a thirty-point week is like something you should you should count on. I, I would be concerned about the fact that Jacoby Myers, who is not a special player, is being roughly as productive as as Devontae Adams. To me, that is a red flag. To me, that is Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk all over again. And uh, except for uh, Jacoby Myers, is not as 
like relatively speaking, he is much more inferior, and he still is is being pretty good here. And, um, and just to put actual numbers to it, uh, Devontae Adams is getting about 21 points per game in half PPR, and Jacoby's 18.3. So, yeah. like, you know, right? It's it's different, but it it's you wouldn't guess that you wouldn't it's guess only that, and that's and that's that with, far with, apart. And that's with Devontae having one massive week, and Jacoby actually during one of those weeks getting a concussion and leaving. So, uh, to me. Then also the bigger point of my take before was about long-term value. Devontae Adams is still about to turn 31 years old. And you can, the whole point to that was this is a sell now moment. This is a absolutely thank you for that 30 point week. Now you should move on from, uh, uh, from Devontae Adams because it is, it's, it's, the cliff's not going to fall off. He still has that cachet. You'll have plenty of time to do that. Now, if you're a championship contender, now nah, ride it out. He's still going to be good. But um, but long term, this is not an asset you want on your team if you're rebuilding or something like that. You should be able to get something quite good for him. You could get so much for him so if you're much. rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. If you're sitting there with a with a subpar roster and you got Devante, yeah. I mean, like for sure. Ask for ask for a ton. Ask for the Don't moon. Do, ask for the moon. But move them. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going back to a take. Uh, back, back to the that trade and free agency puzzle uh, episode. I, I said Elijah. People Moore. also not only do they remember the numbers, but they for sure remember the titles of the puzzle. I didn't say the number, episodes. but it's one one sixty two. If you want to go back and listen. Um, but I, I said Elijah Moore is a, a good fantasy bet going forward, um, and, and that his ADP as a wide receiver three made him a steal. Uh, I I am going to walk away from this shot. Wow. I thought you were going to go the other way. Well, I, I think he'll be fine. I just think that the wide receiver three... <laughs> he is what he is. I think the wide receiver three ADP was probably about right. Uh, I, I do... So here's the deal. More targets, a lot of targets. Moore is seeing a ton of targets right now. He's see, seeing over eight targets per game on average. Uh, he hasn't really turned in a lot of production with that with those targets, but I think that's probably coming. I think Deshaun Watson has been in, inconsistent so far um, this year and last year. Yes, and maybe that doesn't change. <laughs> uh, but He's I, consistent in his inconsistency. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think unless Watson like really turns it around and returns to form as a top five quarterback, um, I think this is kind of where you're going to like, I think Watson will eventually start making more noise than he has, but um, I don't know that you're going to ever trust so him. Jokes available. <laughs> I don't, don't know if you can <laughs> trust him as more than a wide receiver three uh, for, for the foreseeable oh. future. I, 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 I'm with you. I, I look, I draft Elijah Moore. I would love for him to be great. Um, even though I traded him, um, because uh, you know, for me, even if I trade a guy, like if he turns out to be great, I get to say, Hey, I, I was my guy originally. Right. 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 Um, you can always claim, you can you know, somehow do a victory lap. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I agree with you on this. I, I ultimately it's for a little bit different reasons. I, I just have, I, had basically said I didn't really see the the case for why I thought Deshaun Watson would suddenly be great. I'm not seeing it yet. I 
I, I hear it's coming, but like at some point in time, you're just going to be like, no, I mean, like the Cleveland Browns screwed up and they gave a crap ton of money that they can't get out of for this. And that's who Elijah Moore's quarterback is going to be forever. I mean, like that's, that's, that's my, that's actually kind of my, my major concern that plus, you know, he, he's getting a bunch of targets. He's just not doing a whole lot with them. And that's true. if you're he's playing not. in a PPR league and you can get full point PPR and you get a point for every, you know, three yard pass that's caught. I mean, that's great. I just am not seeing the explosiveness out of him. And frankly, I didn't see it with the jets either. So yeah, it does hurt me a little bit, but I, I'm with you. All right. Um, from episode 166, <laughs> too hot to handle, overrated. Well done. people. I can hear people <laughs> clicking back there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. We, we had a whole thing uh, based upon a question about which quarterback should be kept, uh, Dak Prescott or uh, uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, which one of them is overrated? And I came to the conclusion that the overrated one is, as always, Lamar Jackson. Uh, it was kind of a, it was a bit, it was a gag, right? It was, a, I mean, that's true. And I would I would never say Lamar Jackson's not good and at fantasy football. You, he is. I fell for it a, a second time. <laughs> right now, just right now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, the doc says Lamar Jackson. You're talking about Dak and. Uh... Daniel Jones. And so I'm going to take lock this. Take lock. Which is a bit of a surprise because he's uh he's he is having having a pretty good start to the year. You're you're saying Lamar Jackson is overrated. Yeah, I'm just saying he's overrated. And the reason why I'm saying that is so first of all, the good stuff is that he's dramatically improved his passing efficiency. He was for his entire career he's been basically a 60 to 65 percent completion percentage passer he's now operating at about 73 percent. sounds like you're that's not a support- big jump sounds like you're not supporting your position however back when he was so so as a passer he was it was adp was quarterback five he basically had several seasons where he was quarterback uh six to eight Roughly, he only had one season where he was better than his ADP. I think he was quarterback one that year, possibly. It might have been, I think he was. Um, but I was kind of like, well, okay, that's not who he's typically going to be. Um, but here's the thing is, despite the fact that he's off to this supposedly great start, he's still quarterback eight. Uh, on a points-per-game basis for fantasy football production, he is actually worse this year than he was last year. He's still a good quarterback. He's still a good quarterback. I would still very happily have him on my team. He just wouldn't start for me. Um, I mean, he might. I was going to say, it depends on who else you have. I got Herbert. So we'll see. This year, Herbert looks good. But that's just, you know, he he doesn't get to play the Vikings every week. And his, well, but his ribs aren't hurting. His ribs aren't hurting too, yeah. Um, But my major concern on Lamar was actually about his ability to stay healthy. He'd missed a lot of games. And this is why it's a take lock for me. And I don't don't want to talk about injuries in terms of like where I would take a victory lap if a guy gets hurt. I would never, I, I like Lamar. I hope to gosh that he never gets hurt and he has a great season and everything about him. Um, but I have my questions and, and the fact that he's been healthy for three weeks doesn't change those fundamental questions. Now, 
a big difference in between last year and this year with the Todd Munkin offense is he's getting the ball out on time. Last year he was number 12 in the league in pressured throws. This year he is number 32. That is a difference. But I'm like, well, it's not that his offensive line isn't protecting uh, any better. Um, last year he actually had more time until – there's a stat that measures time to, until pressure. He actually – he, he had more time to pressure last year than he does this year. Uh, but it's the scheme right now and the rhythm within the scheme. But for me, it's about hits. He's still on pace for about 46 sacks, which is which would have had him be third in the league in terms of sacks. That's too many hits. So I guess if you're comfortable with that risk, great. If you've got a great backup option and you just like the fact that Lamar can like drop a 30-burger 30, 30 on your opponent like any time, Fine, absolutely fine. But if if you don't have any depth, like you're rolling the dice, and that's my problem with Lamar is if 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 he's your guy and your number two quarterback is oh somebody who's somebody who's having an awful year this year, just terrible. Tannehill. Oh yeah, Tannehill. Your backup's Tannehill. I mean, you should hit the waiver wire. But yes, your backup. <laughs> I mean, you asked for a terrible year. I no, gave... I mean you're. Russ, <laughs> sure, yeah, whatever. Then, then, but if your if your backup is you know Herbert or somebody like that, where you 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 really could, uh, uh, you you'd be just fine if he gets hurt. Then 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 I think that's then that's he's a great option. That's take lock is really just about. I don't see any fundamental dynamics that are going to change his likelihood of injury. Well, and you mentioned like he's getting hit just as a passer. Like, yeah, he's also observing these hits as a runner. Yes, yeah, and and you know, and and we're also again looking at he's quarterback eight in a week where he just had a hundred yards rushing. Yeah, so like that's going to even out over time. Like I just his production seems to be a bit down in the Monken offense. We'll see if it is. Well, and I mean another thing to consider. I don't know if this would change anything for you, but like OBJ is not. Not producing. Bateman's been hurt. I think OBJ's been Wait, hurt. Wait, Rashad too. Bateman's hurt? Right? Like like he t- Thank God thank God for Zay Flowers. Well, maybe. But I mean, he's but he, yeah. He's getting like uh four yards per catch. And the so. and the offense previously was basically designed around getting the ball to Mark Andrews. It's a different style of offense right now. I mean Lamar's handling it the change well. Yeah. Like I, I, I do I like that part of it and seeing, okay, he's been doing one thing for long enough. Can he do some other things? He can. I just if I if I wasn't if I if it wasn't for, if he was not taking the hits, I, I, I would be walking my take back. Sure. He's taking the hits. All right. This one's gonna be really quick, Sean. Mm. I, I went way back. Okay. Episode one forty. Did we even I guess that was 140 episodes. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. But uh, I thought, uh, let me just look. We had an episode called the 2022 Surprises. Will they repeat? Or I did will, not even look to see what takes I had then. Will they Probably continue? Some decent takes and some bad takes. Maybe? Well, that's, that's... Who knows? Now, I should say, since you mentioned that, yeah. like the episodes we went combing for these bad takes, like I literally pulled yeah. every single bad take I had. Yeah, you're... You're more diligent. I I just had more things I wanted to talk about. But I'm just saying, like over those. This wasn't the reckoning. Over those episodes, for me to have like four or five bad takes, like there were 
bunch of good ones too. So oh, I know this isn't about. We're not saying these are bad takes. We're saying we're reevaluating the re-evaluating. question. But I'm just saying I was I was right on a lot of them. I think too, the difference so. you, you said I've got a lot more take locks and you've got a more take walks. Yeah, and I think it's fundamentally because I, I'm kind of a self centered. <laughs> egotistical bastard and you're just a much nicer person <laughs> well anyway from one episode 140 i said uh geno smith will be a qb1 this year and i was right <laughs> if you're in a 16 team league yeah so are you, are you walking geno smith back <laughs> I, well I mean, I don't know if I would count on him as a QB one in a, in a twelve, t- like See, a typical is, this, twelve team league. If I were you, if it was yeah, my take, you would you would lock I this. I would be locking huh? this. Really? Because the, there's a bunch of these guys are gonna. There's gonna be injuries. Knock on wood. There's gonna be, you know, some of these guys. You know, Sam Howell is quarterback twelve. Oof. I'm just saying, like maybe. I, see, I should have done my due diligence there. I, I just think. I I just think. I think. I, the uh, look. You still got the great receivers that out there. The rookie JSN is just going to get better, right? He's he still has yeah. got a nice offense. He's not going to be as efficient as he was because Geno Smith had kind of a ridiculously efficient year last year in terms of deep balls. But if he is quarterback sixteen right now and Tyler Lockett hasn't even gotten going, uh, I, all right, you, it's your take. No, no, no. I, your, well, I, I don't know. Decision. I don't saying, know that I did. I state I was. Did I state I was uh, walking it back? I think you did, but you maybe okay. I did. Okay. But I'm changing it. I'm going with it, Sean. You you've, should, t- you've talked me into it. I don't know. Take lock. <laughs> I would never have done that. <laughs> Gino's my For guy. Sure, walk this one back. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go pick him up. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see. I mean, best case scenario, he's probably a low end QB one. But do, do you? I mean, like he's gonna be. We've kind of all we've said all along. No one was ever saying Geno Smith is going to be quarterback five, right? Right. We've always talked about him in this range of roughly nine to fifteen or sixteen. And you know, I, we're, I don't think you're changing that fundamentally. You're just you just yeah. have to expand your league size. I just thought it'd be funny to tell people I had it right in a sixteen team league. Yeah, you know? it was it was really funny. We all oh, were thanks. laughing on the inside. Ha ha ha. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So I got I, I I I do have I have one, at least one, but at least one now that I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna walk this one back. I think I like this because uh well I'm seeing the names and I think I was higher on Yes. This is this is me oh, I love this. Go looking for it. at you and saying, Tim, I think you were right. Oh my gosh, this Thieves, never happens. This never happens. Literally, I've so. had a lot of old fashions. <laughs> okay. Tim came here with a bottle of premixed old fashions. This is dangerous. It looks uh, like your glass is empty. It is right over. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. I think we both ended up with Anthony Richardson as our as our rookie quarterback one. Yes, and I think I was on uh, Team Bryce Young for the next one, and you were on Team C.J. Stroud. And uh, I, if, if people go back and listen to the tape, they may hear me telling you in probably some condescending language why I was right. I have to apologize. It was completely, completely wrong. I'm wrong. I was wrong then. I'm wrong today. Uh, it's I, I know you're offering me more to drink because you just want me to 
to to uh, to beg for forgiveness, but I don't have any ice in my glass. All right, I just figured <laughs> since I'm getting props, I I should offer. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, this is a yeah, no contest. This is a concession. Uh, here, and 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 I wouldn't normally be walking this back quite so quickly and quite so um, adamantly, vociferously, whatever. But I've seen enough. I've seen it. This is like when the fight starts. And like the ref just like nobody's even hit the ground yet, and the, the refs calling the <laughs> calling the fights like it's, we're not going to have this. This is how this feels to me. Stroud has a lot to learn, but he has uh, ample weaponry around him, and he's playing like a veteran. He throws with anticipation, uh, and maybe it's helped by the fact that he has Nico Collins and Tank Dell, who is a came into this already with. A, elite separation skills um but uh, uh bryce young uh is not having that same kind of success and i don't see how it changes um being short but he's short he's not that fast and create you know, and being creative might work if you're an elite athlete with a strong arm and flexible mechanics you know can do some kind of off-platform stuff like kyler or russ could do if you if you're like Pat Mahomes but just shorter that's that I can see how that working but if you don't have that arm strength where you can you can throw like a these are those all those other guys are former baseball players Kyler Murray Russell Wilson Pat Mahomes they're all they're all baseball guys they all have can do the weird arm angle stuff and have have a lot of get a lot of power on their throws Bryce Young is not uh I I, I compared him to a point guard um and the difference here is, in order is, you have to be able to zip the ball pretty hard and to beat the defense in football. And just being able to distribute it is not enough. Um, so, I, I think part of the problem is, is, and I've, I, I would be the first person or the only person to kind of to bring this up. I have read an analysis, um, pre-draft that I've kind of gone back and looked at and it, it's now starting to ring a lot more true. I wish I could remember who it was from, but um, anybody messaged me, I can, I'll find it. But uh, it, it, the issue is ultimately when you're that small, you can't just sit in the pocket and, and have your sound mechanics, like his pro day, Bryce Young could zip the ball downfield. You're not going to get that many opportunities to do that in the NFL. He's got a, especially when you're five foot ten. You have to. He's got. He, if the window's not perfectly there, he's going to have to move. And then when he's moving, he doesn't have the ability to just wing the ball hard with his arm and get it there. So a lot of throws that I'm seeing him make are like, they're just, they're soft. And the ball seems to die at the end of it. And I feel like I'm watching either Chad Pennington or the old vintage Tecmo Bowl, Steve Grogan. <laughs> where, where for people of a certain age, you'd have this quarterback and he's like, you know, his arm strength would be like four. And, and like you couldn't complete anything because you had to throw everything with so much anticipation. And then, you know, it just the. People are closing on balls too fast. Uh, he he's going to have to he does and he doesn't have an elite separator on the team. Like I like John Mango. John Mango's got a lot to learn, and 
his separation isn't his thing. Adam Thielen used to be a separator. He's old. He's he just he's coming off a, a, a great week, but th- interestingly enough, that was not Bryce Young throwing him the football. It's old ass Andy Dalton, which should tell you something. I I just for me, it's like I'm all in on C.J. Stroud, and I'm very concerned about Bryce Young. That's uh, that's not a take I would have expected from you, but I think you're I think what the way you laid it out, I think that's. Some good food for thought. If if he was if he was that special, if he happened to be the the guy with the cannon and a small package, fine. I'm 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 okay with that. You can't have a weak arm in the NFL and also have these other limitations. All right, I'm going to talk about Chris Olave. This uh, this came from Too Hot to Handle. That episode one sixty six. Thanks, Sean. Um, Olave was coming in as the wide receiver 12 in ADP. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was too high. I, th- I think he, I said, I thought he was very good. He had a kind of a mediocre second half of the year, if I remember rightly. Yes. I remember your take. Yes. But- it, he started really strong. He had kind of a tough second half of the season. I, I didn't want, I did not want to trust him as a wide receiver one on my team, which is, you know, if he's the wide receiver 12, like that's what he is. This is a little bit is. of cheating, because I think you're going to walk this take back. And I feel like you even walked the take back when you made it. I feel like this was something that you were not, like you were like on the front end of this. It's like, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this. <laughs> well, it's hard to know with these rookies, right? It is. Um, but, you know, I just, Olave is seeing 11 targets a game on average. He's averaging 100 yards per game. He just hasn't scored any touchdowns yet. And uh, I think he's still the wide receiver 14, given those circumstances. With zero touchdowns. With zero touchdowns. Uh, So I think, you know, even if he puts up modest touchdown numbers, I think wide receiver 12 might be too low for him if he can continue seeing targets and yardage like this. I mean, it won't all continue, but at the end of the day, Ultimately, he's he's. We knew this. We, I was so surprised at your original take because we both liked him a lot on his on tape. I mean, I think I liked him a little more because I think I said he couldn't be covered. I did like him a lot, but you liked him a lot too. I think for me, it was just it came down to being ranked as a wide receiver twelve. I mean, you know, yeah. But by definition, you're ranking him as a wide receiver one, and he's still not. So. But I think he hasn't. He's also like he hasn't scored three years old or something like that. And he hasn't scored touchdowns. So I right. think those are going to come. I think he'll be up in the top twelve. And I need to, I need to walk this back. All right, all right. I, you get no argument from me because I love Chris Olave. Uh, all right, here's one that I had I struggled with because I literally went back and forth in this one. Sam Howell breakout player. Oh, it looks so good in the off season. It did. Here's here's I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do this. Uh, with an homage to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> the good, here's the good. We're going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right? The good, uh, Sam Howell is uh, uh, 30th in a stat called poor throws, which I'm guessing means throws that are not good. <laughs> I don't this, actually know how that's defined. Honestly, this is I tried under, to look it this up. This is in the good category? Yeah, being 30th. Oh, oh, got it, got it. Yeah, he's, I mean, like, no, he doesn't like have very many throws. bad. Okay. He doesn't have very many poor throws. Okay. He's seventeenth in pass attempts, which means that he's he's just not doing. He's he's not having those kind of those bad throws. 
I know you're distracted by my wife in her headlamp reading a book. I, I just saw, saw this light flashing out on your uh, second floor uh, patio deck yeah, yeah. kind of thing, and I was like, what's going on? And she's sitting out there with her headlamp on yeah. reading a book. There you go. She just wants to be near me and you. <laughs> I guess so. Um, okay, so he's middle of the pack and attempts yards and touchdowns, completing 65% of his passes. That's That's all pretty good. I mean, we weren't. I wasn't saying he was going to be like a, a high-end guy. It was just like he's going to be a breakout player. So here's the bad. Um, what part of my argument was that he could? He's he's got the ability to run the football, right? right? He's averaging 14 rush yards per game, which That's is kind of surprising. Yeah, and also he hasn't played particularly tough defenses. The Cards, the Broncos, the Bills. Okay, so the Bills are number one versus quarterbacks. That's fine, but the Cards are the 24th and the Broncos are 32nd. The, like, And yes, maybe the Dolphins had something to do with, not the Dolphins, yeah, the Dolphins had, because the Broncos, the yeah. 70 point week. That, yeah. that may have distorted some of those numbers, but basically we're not still, we're still not talking about a collection of super elite defenses. Uh, and and his, his, the ugly is uh, he's number one in interceptable passes. He's number one in danger plays, which I'm thinking are just doing dumb. I think the definition is doing dumb shit. Right. Uh, he's number one in sacks taken. Now, this is a stat that really you need to take note for. David Carr, not Derek Carr, David Carr, set the, the record for the most ta- sacks taken in a season with 76 in his and the Houston Tec- Texans rookie year, the first year of the Texans. Right? right. Randall Cunningham is second on the list was 72 in his first season as a starter, right? That's going back to 1986. Uh, everyone else on the, the list of the, of the most sacks is basically low 60s or 50s, right? Wow. So, uh, th- so this is a lot of sacks. Sam Howell has 19 already. Yeah. He's on pace for 108, <sighs> which is basically double most high sack level seasons and you're 30 more than the record and i'm guessing given what you're laying out here you're putting this on howell at least to some extent over his offensive line yeah i mean nobody is you can't put that on the offensive line and a lot of that is on howell but the silver lining is actually um i think this is before this past week he was still um quarterback 12 Fantasy football. So two weeks in, he, this last week he had a terrible week. He threw four interceptions, got nine sacks, whatnot. He still had a ton of sacks before then, but he was still fantasy-wise a quarterback one. That's interesting. He's number two in money throws, which is, this I guess, again, one of these stats that sounds like a fake stat. <laughs> right, like, you made this up. Yeah, I did not make this up, but it's a place that take an exceptional, exceptional amount of athleticism. And we know he's a great athlete, right? So, so I, the part of the argument I had on him was like, well, maybe he's going to be like a Brett Favre, Jameis Winston type, you know, um, player with a little bit of running upside as well, uh, which has a lot of fantasy upside. If unlike Jameis, you can hold on to a job. Uh, I'm looking at this as I don't think we need to overreact to one terrible game. Um, he is his. He threw a lot. They're down, and he was trying to get get this team back in the game. And he threw picks. Um, I, I'm not seeing the problems that I'm seeing with, for example, 
Bryce Young, where it, where I'm a little worried about whether he can complete a lot of passes in the NFL. Uh, he can. Sam Howell can. So he's just got to learn. And he, he is throwing a lot of deep balls. He's up there in terms of uh, throwing passes that are like, you know, 20 to 40 yards. He's among the league leaders in, in those. So, so far, what I look at actually is, is he going into a Zach Wilson spiral? Is he doing like the weird stuff that's going to get you to lose a team? And he's not. He's still acting like a team leader. And I just think, don't overreact to this one week. Yeah, he's got some some things, but it, I don't see signs that they're, he's not going to be able to, is not going to be given time to kind of grow into that. And I think at the end of the year, you're still going to end up with a quarterback too. Nice. So for me, I am take locking. Take lock. All right, we have one last one. And you and I kind of shared this one, this uh, this assessment earlier in episode 167. I'm too sexy for my rank. We were talking about uh, Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. Uh, they were both ranked down as wide receiver fours, kind of high end wide receiver fours. Thirty, I think I can't or remember. Wide receiver exactly. threes or fours, yeah. No, no, they were like thirty-seven, thirty-eight. So they were kind of at the top end of wide okay. receiver fours. Yeah. Um, and kind of right now, that's where they are. Ridley is wide receiver forty. Uh, Kirk is wide receiver 34, so I guess a low-end wide receiver 3. And you and I both would have had Ridley ahead of Kirk, right? We both did, and that's not what's happening so far. Rid, uh, Kirk is a little bit higher. Um, so the question is, do we do we lock in on this, or do we walk it back? Um, so, 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 so a couple things. Do you mind if I just... Go. F- I think you have to look at a couple things that are troubling, right? So one of the things that's troubling is like, because I think we mentioned Calvin Ridley like right after like that whole week one, because I had at least picked Calvin Ridley as like the David Montgomery player. Like he's going to have a great, and then he had a great week one. And we're yeah. like, well, okay, if that continues, whatever, uh, he, he's not going to be a David Montgomery player. But um, he, uh, uh, you know, he had like, the first two quarters of his return to the NFL, he had, I, I can't get the numbers exactly. I looked, I can't remember, but it was something like about 100 yards, almost 100 yards in like his first two quarters. And the 10 quarters since then, he's had like less than 100 yards since then. So it's like, mm. so he's not like, he started with a splash, and which made me kind of wonder if maybe he's not going to be the Montgomery player. But, um, but there's still room for that. Like the question is, is like, can he? Is this is this going to be something where he's going to have to shake some rust off? I mean, he's dropping a lot of balls. That's what I'm and hearing. touchdowns in particular. <laughs> he's, particular he's, he's dropped a, multiple touchdowns so far this year. Yeah. So maybe. Uh, so I don't know. So I guess the question, at least one of us, if not both of us, thought. There's a possibility that he was going to have a little bit of a hard time coming back right away. Could it be that? Or do you think it's he's washed? No, I don't think he's washed. I think Trevor Lawrence is not being the quarterback we thought he would. He he seemed to be ascending. I think he's had a tough, tough start to his season. It's hard when everybody drops the ball, though. I mean, like, the team is, like, leading the NFL in drops. Yeah. Um 
So I'm, not just I, Ridley. I do not think Ridley's washed. He's actually the target wise. I'm encouraged. He started with seven targets in week one. He had eight in week two. He had eleven uh, in week three. So he's seeing plenty of action. Is like uh, T. Higgins targets like eleven targets and like one catch? No, I mean, I think he's catching, but well, his his catches actually aren't that high because his. Average depth of target is fairly high. He's up at over 13 yards uh, per reception. Cool. Anyway, I should yeah. say not not depth of target, but so when he gets a when he catches a pass, he's getting downfield okay. Um, but it, but he is dropping some balls as I mentioned earlier. So I think that's impacting him. I I think he's too good of a receiver to not clean this up and uh, eliminate those drops. If he starts catching these balls that he's getting in the end zone, I think that he's going to be fine. And I still am, I'm take locking on this for Ridley over Calvin, uh, Christian Kirk. Because yeah. um, we I know think, Kirk is and we know that he's just okay. I Yeah, I think Kirk is fine. Uh, he had a great season last year, but I think Calvin Ridley's the more explosive, more talented wide receiver for the Jaguars. dot for Calvin Ridley, 10.8. 55th in the league. Um, so, yeah, his yards per reception is up over 13. So he's not getting a ton of rack necessarily either. But, do you um, prefer rack or yak? <laughs> I like racks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like yaks. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, yes. No, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I'm really, I, like for me to switch would, would, would be to defy my prediction, which was, I think he was going to have a rough start. I, at least I thought there was a good chance that he was going to be a rough start. So why would I have my hair on fire for him doing exactly what, what we talked about? Like, is it possible that he continues to drop passes like this the rest of the year? Yes. And if that's true, then he probably, his career is probably over. I doubt that that. I don't think that's the way it's going to end up. Yeah, I don't think it is either. So I'm with you on the take lock. All right. I think that's it, Sean. Let's wrap. Are we done? We're done. Let's wrap this up. Thank you. uh, Thank you for joining us today. It's uh, it's been a long time. These two week uh, interludes are are maybe they're maybe a little long, but maybe the heart grows fonder over those times. Yes. Let us know. If it, especially, if you, especially if you don't like it, make sure you take it out on Tim. <laughs> All right. Well, we look forward to doing this again in a couple of weeks. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, until then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.